Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone and welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 342 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me this week, your friend and mine, Chris Garber. How are you today, Chris? Hello, friends. Friends and neighbors. Another somber podcast this week, I guess, Chris. You know, it's been just more serious topics. All we talk about are just serious stuff. And uh, and if it's not serious topics outside of baseball to talk about, we got garbage Reds baseball to talk about. I'm just sick of it. Can we do something different this week? We can talk Bengals football. Um, maybe maybe we'll stick to baseball. Hey, fun week, right? Yeah, this is pretty good. Yeah, you know, make go ahead. the whole schedule out of pirates. <laughs> That's right. Make the whole plane out of the black box. Make the whole schedule. Yeah. So anyway, I got your reference. Don't worry. So what happened was, you know, last week we record these on Thursdays, and and last week was Jason Linden and I. And as we were recording, the Reds were in the process of losing to the Cubs, eight to five, and uh, that dropped them to nineteen and twenty-five on the year, six games below five hundred, and uh, six and a half games out of first place, fourth place in the National League Central. And then something strange happened. Besides me smacking my <laughs> microphone around, <laughs> um, that blue yeti. That's right. That's right. Smacking the blue yeti. <laughs> that seems like it might be a euphemism for something, but I'm not going to inquire. Um, Luis Castillo comes out the next day and throws this complete game two hitter against the Cardinals. Now the Reds at this time are six games under 500, and you know they hadn't won a series since August 7th through 9th, so over over a month before. There's no reason to believe that all of a sudden they're going to get on the streak, is there? I mean, did you think there's any chance? Are we being honest tonight? This is an honest podcast. <laughs> it's honest. Uh, no, I I had declared them dead and walked away from the corpse. <laughs> the rotting corpse, it seemed like. Um, yeah, we, dirt on him. We poked him with a stick. Did you put coins on his eyes? Um. So what happened? I mean, we knew they had this. We knew they had it in them. And, and what's happened is since that, they went, the Reds won six of seven, including uh, the last five as we record going into a, a big-time series this weekend against the White Sox. Uh, what, what explains the sudden turnaround? I may have some ideas, but I want to know what you think. Well, I, I really do think a lot of it is the Pirates are bad. <laughs> it didn't but, hurt. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, the pitching continued to be great. The bullpen has gotten, as they say, gotten it figured out. Um, the offense is, is better, right? But not great. I, I don't know. I don't have an answer. Do you have an answer? Well, I think it's a combination of all that. I mean, the starting pitching has, has been good. As you said, I mean, Castillo has pitched two gyms, you know, uh, the final game of the pirate series, he went seven and, uh, didn't give up a run. And, you know, Trevor Bauer has continued to be Trevor Bauer. I mean, the, the starting pitching's the starting pitching is good. Santa Gray's hurt right now. Hopefully he'll be back soon. But, um, I think the bullpen, there's something to that. Rosella Iglesias, I mean, he's starting to look a little bit like Rosella Iglesias again. Or am I jumping to uh, conclusions too quickly there? Yeah, I'm, I don't know that I'm ever going to be comfortable with Rosella Iglesias ever again. I will agree with that, and I think that's a completely reasonable uh, position to take. But, you know, he's not even give, given up a hit in his last four appearances, three saves and a win in those outings. So, uh, And has looked, has looked good doing it. But, yeah, he's still, you know. 
he's hurt us so many times. Yeah. But, you know, Archie Bradley hadn't given up a run since he came over at the trade deadline. You know, Garrett had a kind of a rough one, but picked up his first career save this week. You know, if those three guys are pitching like that, that's that's a big part of why the Reds have won six out of seven. Three kind of shut down relievers this week. <laughs> Maybe the only week of the year. Um, yeah, it's pretty pretty exciting. It is. It is. Offense-wise, I looked at the numbers, and, you know, I mean, uh, Suarez was, has been great, finally, although only five out of, out of the seven games because he's out on uh, paternity leave. Um, Votto's numbers are, are better during this little stretch here, but really that's mostly just because he's hit three home runs, which is great. Those are good things to do, though. Yeah, Shogo Akiyama is the only one that's really hitting substantially more. I think there's... They're they're not getting as unlucky. You know, we made fun of the oh man, they're unlucky. Maybe they're just getting lucky now. Is that is it as much? Is can we chalk it up to I, that? Yeah, I mean, literally, they. I don't know that they strung like three hits together in an inning more than like four times until the last week. And like some of it's bad luck, some of it's just I, I don't know. But yeah, you know what I mean. Like they they've strung together a couple of rallies here and there they aren't entirely reliant on home runs because they just couldn't sequence their hits and their their walks well i think that's part of it is that luck i don't know is it is it clutch hitting is it uh reversion to a mean i don't know but maybe all that you know um take it yeah that's exactly you know i kind of mocked you may have done the same but i kind of mocked the the babip stuff as a matter of fact i know you did you had a good uh (laughs) A good tweet about uh, how the Reds were going to send out their. What was that about their season tickets? Season ticket, yeah. There's their 2021 season tickets. Have you? Have, I don't know what it was. Have you seen our Babbitt or something like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. And, uh, you know, I and I know, like I, I'm not a stupid person. I know that's all true. I just didn't care. Thank you. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's it's ultimately like you can explain to me why they're losing, but I just didn't like watching them lose. Right. You know, it's cold comfort to know that it was bad luck versus bad performance. I yeah. doesn't bother me. You know, I don't get any. Cre- they don't get any credits for having unlu- unlucky, underperforming Babbitt. They should let one wild card team be the team with the, the worst Babbitt. Don't you think? They've expanded the yeah. playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good idea. Yeah, yeah, very good. You know, yes, you know, it's like pick the eight. The eight. If they're going to let sixteen teams go into the playoffs, they should all six. Like best record could be one. And then, like, run differential should be next. Oh, there you go. And then, you know, BABIP. Unluckiest BABIP. <laughs> Be- best FIP. Oh, got to get that best FIP. Yeah, see, why, why not? stolen base success percentage. <laughs> yeah, I love it. See, we, we're starting to get crazy. Might as well. What does it matter? What, what, honestly, what's the difference between letting eight teams make it into the playoffs? Yeah, exactly. So, you know... I was the same way as you about the Babip stuff. It's all true, and yeah, I get it. And everybody's writing about it. You're you're right. You're exactly right. <laughs> but who cares? The team was just not has not been fun to watch. Literally until the last week, the the defense has been just. Have you seen a worse defensive Reds team? Or can you remember one? Well, I mean, Adam Dunn put, played for the Reds. Hold on. Adam Dunn was a, a major college football player. That's an athlete. He was not on defense, though. <laughs> True. True. Um, um, there was a season or two where Giangelo Jimenez played shortstop. Mm, yeah. Every yeah. game. 
but yeah, I mean, this is prob this is definitely the worst Reds team since like, uh, you know, when they drafted Drew Stubbs and decided to have good defense up the middle. Yeah. So ten years, I guess. Yeah, that's true. It's good good way to put it. Uh, I just it seems like this year. It, and again, I'm not looking at numbers. This is all eye test stuff. So whatever. You can look at your defensive metrics and tell them to kiss my butt. But, you know, Nick Castellanos, <laughs> I defended him earlier in the year, you know, when he got mad because he got taken <laughs> out of the game. That's the kind of guy I want. He's going to have work on it. Oh, man. He owed a he DH take, every day. Yeah, he can take all the fly balls he wants out there. Um, he needs to do it. He's, I mean, he's had some plays that have looked as bad as anything even Adam Dunn ever did. Yes. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, and, you know, Jesse Winker is – not a very good defender. Joey no. Votto has, I don't even know what happened to him. I mean, he's just making dumb mistakes, he's dropping brutal. balls. I yeah. mean, little league caliber stuff. You got Mustakas playing out of position. Yeah, Freddie Galvis hasn't looked good. He dropped a pop-up <laughs> the other day that looked like a, another little league play. It did. Do you see the, the stat cast numbers came out? I didn't even really know what... What you know, what they were judging, but the defensive numbers, and they had uh, Gallus as the next to worst shortstop in the majors, and, and Votto was like thirty third out of thirty six first baseman or something. I mean, I believe it, but I also don't know how you can tell anything. I don't anymore. either. How do you how do you evaluate Freddie Galvis as a shortstop when two thirds of the time he's standing in short right field? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Pitch. Smart people are working on their computers to do it. Top I will man. say the one guy who, and I know this, I make fun of the guys who do this all the time, who take like the, the guy who's supposed to be not very good at defense and makes a couple good plays and they want to talk about how he's good at defense. But Kyle Farmer looks like the best <laughs> defensive player on this team, except maybe Shogo Akiyama. Yeah. I, I've mocked the idea of Farmer's a shortstop and I hey, he's not a shortstop, but it seems like every time he plays, he still doesn't hit much, but he does seem like he makes a play every time he's on the field. Doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And maybe it's like the old, you know, well, so to, to digress, I, I checked my Twitter, you know, ats, mentions, whatever you call it a little while ago. And I got some guy talking about Jim Edmonds in my mentions. Oh, and I thought, what the heck is this? And he's replying and hi to whoever this guy is. He was replying to a tweet I sent out 1,112 days ago. <laughs> About Jim Edmonds? About Jim Edmonds. And it was, I was quoting Ken Griffey when he used to say, Edmonds gets all this credit for making these diving catches. I would have caught that ball standing up. <laughs> good and point. I don't know. I have no idea how this guy found this tweet tonight and decided to reply to it. And I actually didn't even understand what he was talking about. But uh, maybe that's the Kyle Farmer deal. Yeah. Maybe Kyle Farmer is, you know, making these diving plays when the other, you know, nine out of, 10 shortstops would have just fielded them and thrown the guy out. And it looks cool to us. I don't know. Yeah. Kind of the reverse of, uh, of Derek Jeter, you know, uh, <laughs> pasta diving Jeter, you know, pasta diving. <laughs> yeah. Pasta diving Jeter, Jeter, supposedly the greatest defensive player ever, but oh, just past his glove. Unfortunately. Just, just... <laughs> yeah. Or also like me when I play defense. <laughs> so Akiyama, uh, to circle back to him in, in his last 18 games, that's a that's a not a small sample, is it? It's a large sample. It's giant. My kids have barely played eighteen games all year. Yeah, mine hasn't. Uh, Akiyama is hitting three twenty seven, and on base percentage four seventy eight. He's finally starting to settle in, and man, it looks like he's got a clue at the plate. I think I said this last week, but I don't know, he he works a pitcher. He's he's a joy to watch 
in my mind. You like are you an Akiyama guy? I'm a big fan. Yeah, I am. I, you know, and even when he wasn't going well, I never felt like he was like overmatched looking. I mean, you know, he's got kind of such a unique kind of approach and swing and everything like that. So, you know, when he misses, he misses. But I never felt even when he was. I don't know. You know what I think it is? It's um. So he was hitting 189 after September 1st, right? Mm-hmm. So that's 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 bad. <laughs> or even let's go back to before we, the, the the 18 games you picked. Entering that game, he was hitting 186. But there was only, you know, he only went like one time. I think I don't know. He got a lot. He 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 had no multi-hit games before yeah. that day. I know he had one. My point is, he the few hits he got, he kind of got one a night. So it didn't feel like Akiyama's never getting on base. Right. You know what I mean? He had, like I think, one stretch of like four games where he didn't he didn't get on base. Hey, even, but, even before this stretch I'm talking about, his walk rate was pretty much major league average. And he's gone through the roof in the last 18 games. But um, I don't know. I just, yeah, it never seemed like he was overmatched. He wasn't getting hits, but he got on base some, and uh, you know his on base percentage, considering where his average was, wasn't awful. And I don't know, I just I love watching him work a pitcher, kind of like what you said about. Matter of fact, uh, you wrote some really good stuff in uh, this book called The Big Fifty about Joey Votto, and you know it was about a quintessential Joey Votto game. Great chapter. Um, and uh, you know. He's not Joey Votto, obviously, but that kind of mentality is the play that is somebody that has a clue. The way I keep putting it, uh, it's it's it was fun. To, it's been fun to watch with Joey his whole career, and I'm glad to have another guy kind of like that. Yeah, and he can throw. You know, we can throw all the old uh, cliches at him. You know, he's a professional hitter, and he right. he knows how to play the game r- the right way. And but he he is. I mean, th- those are true. And he's he's a very smart player. Uh, he, he's really really good defensively, and uh, tends to. I think make the most out of out of his skills and and what he's good at and his his tools. Yeah. And and here recently he's been hitting at the top of the order and having a guy get on base at a 478 clip again just 18 games but having that guy at the top of your order that's going to help your offense especially some of the guys behind you start hitting a little bit. But he's always setting the table. Yeah, I think he's he's led off the last 7 games yeah. and he's got a 448 on base during that time. And how many? And the Reds are six and one. There you go, six and so one. That's the recipe for success, right there. Yeah, I mean it's not all Akiyama, but that's a big time. When we're looking for reasons for why, I think most of these finally just started playing like they should have been playing all year. Yeah, you know, for but, whatever reason. But I, you know, I think any team that has a four forty eight on base percentage in the leadoff spot is going to do pretty darn well. It gives you an advantage, no question about it. So, show go go go. So he he's he's let off each of those last seven games. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Well, there you go. There's your answer. Shogo. We dedicate this episode to Shogo Akiyama. He's going. It says go right there in his name. <laughs> right in his name. Go show. Go Reds. So, um, as we're recording right now, the Reds are actually the number six seed in the playoffs. If the season ended today, as they say, and why can't it, please? The Reds have actually gone from being out of the race to being the number six seed within the span of just seven games. Now that could change. Uh, oh, I think they were out of the race to be the sixth seed between yesterday afternoon and now. <laughs> it's true. It's true. 
Um, they're now in second place, although I think that could change if the Cardinals win. It will change if the Cardinals win, I think, tonight. Yeah, they're in a weird spot because the Cardinals have played like 14 games, 14 fewer games than the Reds. Yeah. But as we record, our friends, the Pirates, are leading the Cardinals 5-1 to one in the top of the ninth. <laughs> the Pir- Pirates, of course, are in last place. They're uh, in either league. Brault, Stephen Brault is throwing a two-hitter. Oh, nice. So if, if, if the season ended today, as they say, the Reds will be playing the Atlanta Braves in round one. Now, is that a certainty or is this a, is it a draft your opponent deal? Uh, I can't no, remember the rules. I believe that. I'm looking at the MLB.com. Oh, you're right. I'm looking at the bracket here. It, it yeah. literally says if the season ended today. Right, exactly. Yeah, the three seed versus the six seed, two seed versus seven. Cubs would be the two seed, and then one versus eight is the Dodgers and Giants. But now, of course, the Giants actually have a better record than the Reds. And so, you know, if the Reds fall out of that second place, you know, St. Louis gets it. And the Reds are going to be fighting with San Francisco and with Philadelphia for those last uh, wild card spots there. So that, those are the teams you need to be watching, St. Louis, San Francisco, and Philadelphia. We're scoreboard watching in September, Chris. It's <laughs> The whole thing is really, really weird, isn't it? It really is. I mean, it, because, like, I, I think the whole weirdest thing is, like, unlike with, uh, you know, basketball and, and hockey where they're just playing odd times, but the season is going to end when the season normally ends. We just fast-forwarded. Yeah, pretty much. And, and you know, obviously 2020 has uh, dealt so many blows to everyone, but, uh, you know, it, it may benefit the Reds this crazy season. You know, the other night when they won that game to sweep the Pirates, and everybody's like, oh. We're number nine. We're almost number eight in the National League. I'm thinking, why why are we happy about that? But I was happy about it. So if, I'm just curious here, if they did not have this playoff format, how far would the Reds be out of? Were there three wild cards? Is that the old plan? Uh, Let's see. The old old way was six. The Reds would, uh, let's see, first place is the Cubs, Atlanta, and L.A. The Reds would be a really... Oh, right, right, right. One. The Reds would be the thick of things. For, Are there four wild cards or three? Three. <laughs> it's just last year. How do we not remember this? I don't know. I think, I think they'd have to catch the Giants. There's just two wild cards, right? Yeah, you're right. Just two wild cards. You're, you got me confused here. So they they they'd have to catch the the Marlins. Um, because the Padres would have one, and the Marlins would have the other. Well, the yeah, the Padres would have one, and right, the Marlins. That's what I said. But the Reds have the same number of wins as the Marlins. Just they're a game and a half behind. Yeah, the Marlins. So yeah, somehow the Reds have to somehow unlose three games. <laughs> they can do it. It's 2020. Who knows? All right. Well, anyway, we we are. Blessed or cursed with an eight-team playoff field, which means the Reds. Uh, it is kind of unbelievable. From if we recorded this a week ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, really, any time this season, you've been on the podcast a number of times. The whole season's been chaos, and the Reds. There's not been one time during the season, except maybe opening day, where you felt like, oh, there are the Reds. They have a chance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The whole time's been like, well, it's still early. You know, they can still make a run. And in one week, they flipped the script on us there. But, there's always a but. 
I don't even want to talk about this part of it. Six of the uh, Reds' final nine games this year are going to come against the White Sox and the Twins, who are both really good. The White Sox have the best record in the American League, best offense in the American League, and the Twins are in second place only because they are behind the White Sox. And so, uh, and, and a series against the Brewers is right there in the middle of it. I don't want to. I don't even want to talk about this. But well, are they going to break our hearts? Well, they probably will. But here's the thing: like a really good team could still like play badly. Let me introduce you to the Cleveland Indians. Please introduce me. I believe they've lost eight games in a row until tonight, which they're going to win. Eight in a row. Right? Yep, eight in a row. Yeah. So they were, you know, dominating. 20, and 26 and 15. They were 26 yeah. and 15. Right. Man. So there's no reason that the Twins and the White Sox, the White Sox are locked it up. They're done. Yep. They're, they're, they're going to be goofing around this weekend, I hope. <laughs> yeah. So let's sneak past them. Maybe they can and bring then, their uh, uh, their version of the Presco Park roster to play the Reds. And and the Twins can the Twins it doesn't it's just seeding right like it really doesn't yeah. matter if you're first place or second place in your division. Yeah, I think the Twins are almost certainly in. Yeah, they're in, but I'm saying like, does beating does catching the White Sox do them any good? Well, they get a number one seed, so you, you get to play the or you get one of the top three seeds, so you get to play yeah, one of the. So, but, but, like, being ahead of the White Sox doesn't – if they catch the White Sox but somehow don't catch Tampa Bay or Oakland, does that – doesn't really help them. Right. No, no, it doesn't. They'll, they'll be the – as a second-place team, they'll be a fourth, fifth, or sixth seed. First-place teams – Okay, get, okay. So the division winners do get one, two, and three. Okay. Yes. All right. And the second-place teams get four, five, and six. And Got the wild cards get seven and eight based on a record. I see. Thank you very much. Yeah. We're having to learn all new things. I should have clicked the line that said how seating works. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so, you know, I I guess they're seating. Those teams are going to play. They're going to they're bring their best. And the White Sox are pretty good. And, boy, they've done a good job turning that organization around. Why can't the Reds do that? Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no answers there either. So, But anyway... That's what's coming up, and that you know, I don't want to be Debbie Downer, as they say, negative Nancy, but I don't know, it just seems like a typical Reds thing to do to get this this close, get our hopes up, and have them dashed. You know what? I disagree with you. Let's hear it. This is some great radio here. Um, <laughs> you know what? That's not a typical Reds thing. A typical Reds thing to do is flush the toilet on the season in the first week. That's ex- that's absolutely true. The, a typical Reds thing is to go three and eighteen or one and eight, not to meander around five <laughs> games under five hundred, have a good week, and then blow it. Yeah, yeah. Get our expectations up ahead of the season, but go ahead and dash them pretty quickly. It's certainly it, it may be a Reds thing to do, but it's not a Dick Williams Reds thing to do. That's true. That's true. I don't know. I just for years it's felt like. And some of it's because I want to be optimistic always, but I feel like oh, they just break my heart every year. But you're right. It's much more that, that than let's get all the way to the end. When's the last time they got all the way to the end? I mean, really, when is the last time and and missed the playoffs that they were actually in? Oh, the... I can't. I'm 1980. 
1987, 1988. There was a year in the early 2000s. I think it was... Uh, it was 2006. 2006. That's the year that things were going okay, and they traded Austin Kearns for Gary Majeski. <laughs> the immortal Gary Majeski. Oh, leather pants. Um, on the it's other side, still have that grievance though. <laughs> it's still out there. I've been ruled <laughs> on yet. <laughs> I imagine the Reds have that grievance in their back pocket, like a like a folded up gift certificate from uh, Fuddruckers. <laughs> and the store's out of business, and and maybe it wasn't going to be worth anything anyway. But they're still carrying it around. Got to hang on to it. If you don't know what Chris is talking about, you know there was that awful trade yeah, in mid two thousand six. That really doomed the Reds, where they got Jerry Majeski back, and he had a dead arm, basically. And so they filed a grievance against the Nationals, whose general manager was former Reds general manager Jim Bowden, leather pants, as we affectionately know him. Actually, not so affectionately. Nothing but love when, when yeah. I call him leather pants. <laughs> but, uh, and they filed that grievance. It was never ruled on, was it? Ever. As far as I know, the Reds <laughs> never got a ruling on that. That year, the Reds and finished so third. It's still pending. <laughs> it's still pending. We may get a hey, who knows. We may get a a ruling any day now. It'll be Bud Selig. Is Bud Selig still alive? He may be. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. He may be. You know, puttering down to his local diner for the uh, four p.m. Uh, early bird special, and just decide to go ahead and rule on that someday. <laughs> he just turned. He's like got a note. It's like <laughs> under his uh, under the the desk blotter in his office. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what's this? Is a password? Oh, no, no. Oh. <laughs> Forgot to issue this ruling on that grievance. He's, oh. he's not the commissioner anymore. I hope he rules on it still. Well, you know what it's going to be? It's going to be like the Reds are entitled to the to the Nationals' like fourth pick in the 2007 MLB draft. <laughs> yes, God's been retired for 10 years. Yeah, just... <laughs> oh, that's too much fun. Oops. So, so you know what I do whenever, whenever we talk about Jim Bowden on uh, – on this podcast, I start Googling pictures <laughs> and I always look for a picture of him in leather pants, which I don't believe exists. But the next thing I do is type in Jim Bowden Segway. I knew you were going there. Yeah. <laughs> the Segway. There was a, a one spring training, I think in 2008 with the nationals, he had a brand new Segway and had it fitted out with like a nationals paint scheme and was tooling around spring training campus on it, going from field to field. And he, he looked like, you remember that, uh, I know you're a, a huge fan of, of newspaper comics. Remember that <laughs> comic strip BC? Oh yeah. BC. Yes. Wasn't there a dude in BC who rode like a, a stone wheeled unicycle? <laughs> I don't remember. I didn't, I didn't read BC growing up. I don't remember that. Oh, anyway. So, so that's, that was Jim Bowden, huh? Yeah. Uh, so 2006 is really the only time, and a lot of our listeners weren't even around or weren't paying attention to the Reds at that time. The Reds finished three and a half out, but still finished under 500, of course. I mean, obviously the Reds, but before that, you know, I guess you'd say 2000, Griffey's first year, and then 99 was really the most heartbreaking. So really only once this century. So you're right, it's not a typical Reds thing. And I don't hope they don't start a trend here, so... No, I feel pretty good at this point. I mean, they've really only got to go. There's nine games left. They can go five and four. They're probably, they're probably there. Oh put, yeah. I guess yeah. I'm at five hundred. I'd rather them go, you know, six and three, and that'll definitely get them in. But all right, good stuff. All right, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the the not really very many transactions, but let's talk about what we saw this week. 
The uh, the Reds did play Sonny Gray on the injured list, ten day injured list, right mid back strain, right mid back. That's very specific, not just a back strain. Yeah. It's uh, especially when all the other sports are like lower body injury, <laughs> right? Yeah, he hurts. <laughs> right mid back sprain. Um, he is supposedly going to be back to make at least one start uh, by the end of the year. So, and that would be in that twin series when he comes back. Evidently. And and <laughs> taking his place on the roster. Did you know that uh, Big Sally Mustang Sally Sal Romano was still uh, like a thing. I honestly, I would have bet you any money. Sal Romano was like a member of the the Texas Rangers organization. Yeah, it seems like he should be a Ranger, or maybe even like an actual Texas Ranger. He's one of the law enforcement. He seems like somebody would go into law enforcement. Um, yeah, he came back and he 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 got a win. I think his first game back, he got the win in that game. He pitched a one batter. The night the uh, day, yeah, he got it. That was a it was a big at bat, right? He got a. Uh, uh, bases loaded, induced a bases loaded pop up. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, game, the second game of that uh, doubleheader against the Pirates, the first two games of the series, where David Bell was trying really hard to not win the game, display no urgency whatsoever. I mean, <laughs> it, was, it seemed like he had he had plenty of time. <laughs> yeah, right. Come on, plenty of time. This is just game, you know, forty five. Uh, <laughs> this, this game is tight, and the Reds have this moment where. First of all, he brings in Jose De Leon, which, you know, okay, you got to pitch Jose De Leon sometimes. But um, he immediately walks the bases loaded, essentially, I think, if, if I'm remembering it correctly. And instead of going to, you know, Archie Bradley or Amir Garrett or even Rosel Iglesias at that point, <laughs> with the bases loaded, two outs, and a chance for the Pirates to take control of this game, I think the Pirates were up 4-3 to three at that time. He brings in Sal Romano. And that's a, that's why I'm frustrated with Bell. No urgency ever the whole season long. Um, it, it may end up working out for him, but hey, Romano got that out. Reds won, end up winning the game, and uh, they've not lost since. So welcome back, Sal Romano. You got any good Sal Romano stories for us? I don't. I believe he's from New Jersey. I was in the stadium during uh, when he made his first appearance for the Reds. He started his first start for the Reds, his debut, and uh, I was in one section over. And uh, with my son, we were we were there, from one section over from all his family, and I bet they had a hundred people there, and they were all wearing Romano jerseys, and they were excited. It was fun, actually, fun to kind of be able to witness that. I think that was the game where uh, the Reds. <laughs> my son talks still talks about it to this day. The Reds bullpen ended up blowing the game, if you can believe it. Uh, Romano's pretty good starting that game, but uh, Kevin Quackenbush came in and just really kind of vomited all over himself, and. Some drunk guy two rows behind us stood up the whole time he was in, and after every single pitch that Quackenbush threw, I've probably told this story on the podcast before, but because it's my favorite, <laughs> you have. I love it though. <laughs> yeah, he, he yelled, "Fear the mighty Quackenbush!" Every pitch, and that's the hardest I've ever seen my son laugh, and he still laughs about it to this day. He says, "Quackenbush still pitching for the Reds? What's going on there?" No, no, Quackenbush is gone. So Sal Romano, welcome back. Glad to have you. I always liked Sal Romano, but he was just kind of another guy. Nixon Zell's back. Feels like he never left. <laughs> Does not feel like he never left. <sighs> what do we think I, of Nixon Zell at this point? You know, um, I start with the thing that I, it's obviously not his fault. I don't think anybody, any baseball player doesn't want to play baseball. But, I mean, 
gosh, I, I don't know. He, he's never, he's never available. I hate it. Um, you know, it's, he's not Eric Davis. Obviously Eric Davis is one of the best players, maybe the best player I've ever seen in my life when he was Eric Davis, but just that injury prone, you know, it's, it's a thing for some guys and some, somebody tweeted at me that, ah, oh, you know, he's made a glass and what's the deal? He just, why well, can't he play hurt? Is he, is he a, what, a baby quote unquote? <laughs> that, that wasn't the word that was used. Oh, was it? it was something, uh, Puppy? You know, yeah, yeah. Something like that. And, uh, I was like, you know, I, I did a lot of research for that piece I wrote about him for the magazine that got screwed by COVID into not being the cover. And that was the worst thing that happened in 2020. Bad for you. <laughs> right. I know. Uh, rest in peace. Um, my cover story. Ugh. But anyway, every coach he'd ever played for, I, there were quotes either directly to me or that I found where they raved about his work ethic. You know, he went to the Cape Cod League after his uh, sophomore year at University of Tennessee. And the coach there is like the coach at fairly dickinson or somewhere his coach in that in the cape cod league that year was and he was like i never seen anything like it he said that guy was in the weight room every day he was taking extra infield he was taking extra batting practice every single day i've never seen a guy that was more focused on getting to the big leagues and you know I, I, he's still that guy if you if you saw him in this spring i mean he's bulked up in good shape, but at this point, did he bulk up or is he the guy who lost weight? I always get those guys confused. I don't know. Best shape of his life. Definitely the best shape of his life. Though. Definitely, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I think you know, I'm not. I'm not going to say he's injury prone, but he's been injury prone. <laughs> it's sad because he does have talent, right? It does. Uh, yeah, you know, like I said, I don't like to. I, I'm not going to bash the guy, but you know, at some point, it is what it is, and you know, you you. You don't pile up wins above replacement when you're not playing. Right. When someone's replacing you. Yeah, I don't know what to say about Sinzel. We don't really have any answers. You know, my hope is that that's the, we just saw the last time he's out of the lineup ever. Yeah, I mean, it's just weird, isn't it? Right? I mean, the guy's had, like, everything. Yeah, and, and some of it's fluke stuff is the thing. It's, if it's It's like next year... Nick Senzel's been out. He's going to miss games with, it's like there's a spinning wheel. Oh, <laughs> six days with pink eye. <laughs> right, yeah. uh, looks like Senzel's on the DL with gout. You know, it's just like the weirdest, most random, like presumably unavoidable things. Yeah. I mean, it started out with just a, keeps being stricken with them. The vertigo stuff is what it started with. And then he had that crazy, you know, the ball bounced up off the grass, you know, at the edge of the infield and broke his thumb or something. And, and this last time, you know, COVID was, I don't know. I'm not going to say that because I don't know for sure, but that was part of it. All the evidence seems to indicate that that was part of it. Well, he said he, I thought he said he was getting, te- I thought he, he said he got a test, but maybe it was good news. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I think based on the way all that went down, the evidence made it think, you know, who are the guys that are going to, they can't all be Matt Davidson to get COVID. Right. Yeah. You know? Right. I- but so so of course it's going to be Senzel if it's anyone else, right? Yeah, it's like guaranteed. Yeah, it is just it's just weird though. It's like he just keeps getting, and, and maybe that's like he's like a superhero, who you know every superhero has like their superpowers, but they all have like a strange Achilles heel weakness, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure like, where you're going with that, get, but well, he's gifted with uh, you know 
great speed, power, hand-eye coordination, and a strong throwing arm, and he's cursed with, you know, a susceptibility to like weird, weird injuries and illnesses. Maybe he and Eric Davis should get together and try to do some uh, Wonder Twin powers. Activate. Well, but Davis is like, you saw Davis get hurt. Yeah, he I mean, was running I, into I, walls. I watched a uh, one of the when the Reds were losing last weekend, and I was fed up with it. I was trying to cleanse my mental palate by watching Eric Davis highlights from that'll, the '80s. Yeah, that'll do it. And uh, there was the one play where he ran into the brick wall at Wrigley Field, and nope. like you know, Harry Harry Carey and Steve Stone darn near lost their minds at how great the play was. Was that the one where the Cubs uh, fans were dumping beer on him? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I, they didn't. They didn't show that, and they showed like six minutes of him laying around out there. Somehow, like John Franco got hurt pitch, throwing the pitch. Like <laughs> John Franco was like lying in a heap on the mound, and everyone's looking at Davis trying to help him. And yeah. I don't know. Anyway, but you saw Davis get hurt. You know, you saw him get hurt a lot, and how he got hurt. Okay, diving for a ball, he lacerated his kidney. That's a weird injury, but I saw it happen. That's that's a good point. We're not seeing much of this with Sinzel. No, I mean you saw that the the ground ball that broke his finger just looked like a ground ball. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? It looked like any bad hop that they take fifteen times a day. I don't know. Well, it's true. Yeah, you know, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not insinuating that's fake. No, no, I don't. No, no, we don't think it's fake. But you're right. That that bad hop. I'm just saying, like, it's just that's how he's different than Davis. In, infielders everywhere in baseball get that bad hop in you know pregame infield work every day. It just happens. And with him, it happened to bust his thumb, I guess it was. Oh my I don't know. I hate it because he really does seem like a pretty good kid, and uh, I enjoyed getting to talk to him a little bit. And so I'm I'm partial to him, um, obviously, for that reason. But, you know, I don't know. At some point, he's got to stay on the field and uh, and produce. And I think he will produce if he can stay on the field for any amount of time. But he hasn't yet to do that. since Really since that first episode of Vertigo. Mm-hmm. He's not had a... And I, I do think that the Reds, um, whether it was this or something else, they were very prudent in keeping a fourth outfielder, like a, a fourth starting caliber outfielder yeah. on the roster. You think what? Akiyama, Castellanos, what? Why do you have those guys? But uh, clearly it, it's something they need to do is pre- be prepared for the fact that that Sinzel's not going to be, be available. available. Yeah. I mean, well, his... his He's his most games he's ever played is 119. Yeah, it's more than I've played. <laughs> oh, it depends. I mean, are you counting like Yahtzee? <laughs> well, no. I I was a professional Yahtzee player for six uh, six years back in the mid 90s. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, that's why, and that's why at the trade deadline, Dick Williams went out and got Brian Goodwin. It wasn't just because of his sweet beard. Or skipping. <laughs> or skipping. Yeah, that's a great... I love that. i got to say, that's literally one of my favorite <laughs> video clips, uh, perhaps ever, in the history of baseball. Yeah, I said on Twitter. If you haven't seen it, there's a... there's a Somebody on Twitter is throwing around a, a, a short uh, gif of Brian Goodwin started skipping off the field the other night after the Reds won, and, and Shogo Akiyama like, looked at him for a second, and they just followed right behind, like a couple of little kids or Disney characters or something. Wasn't it great? Oh, it's just joyous. <laughs> That's the stuff I love. But uh, you know, Goodwin's been pretty good, and and uh, but that's you got to think that's why Dick Williams went out and got a guy like that. Yeah, a real, yeah. He's, he's a good fourth outfielder. Well, that's where we go back to that whole idea of of uh, sense of urgency. 
and and you mentioned it with with David Bell, who really sometimes, occasionally he does, but other times he he's got. And every manager has these weird quirks, but he's got this like one thing that trumps everything is ha- how many times has the guy warmed up? Apparently, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm I, I'm done defending David Bell. I'm just I've, he's lost me. He's defenseless. He's defense. Well, his team is defenseless often as well. One last transaction from the week before we answer a little bit of viewer mail and then get back to the Bengals. The Reds traded for a 33-year-old relief pitcher. Did you know this? Justin uh, Miller. Yeah, I never heard of him. And they gave him, they gave up like the right to pay money. <laughs> international, got, right? international pool cap money. For Justin Miller, right-handed relief pitcher from the Toronto Blue Jays, who has 33 years old and has not pitched in the big leagues this season. He's been in the Canadian, but I don't know what kind of ketchup they uh, use in Canada, but whatever the ketchup factory is in Toronto. Actually, they're not in Tor- are they in Toronto? They're not in Toronto, are they? They're, I don't know where they are. Like in Buffalo they're, or somewhere. What, where is Buffalo's uh, B team? Are they in Rochester or something? I don't know. Where's Buffalo? Is that in Canada? That is in Buffalo, USA. Oh, USA. Okay. Um, so, I don't know. Whatever. He's been with the Rockies. He's been with the Tigers. He's been with the Natinals. Hey, you remember the Natinals? Yeah, Jim Bowden's team. Uh, right. Do you, do you remember why we call them the Natinals, though? Do you remember that, that game? Oh, yeah. Who, who was the player? Uh, Dunner. Sp- that's that, right. That's right. It was Adam Dunn. Red, former Red Adam Dunn. Yeah, they misspelled Nationals on his jersey. <laughs> that was a great, great picture of that. All right, so Justin Miller, welcome to Cincinnati. I don't know. I hope you never pitch for the Reds because I hope that all the Reds relievers are doing well. All right, you want to answer some viewer mail questions? I will answer all the viewer mail questions. Oh, good. I'll, Sit I'll, back and relax. I'll read the question and you can take them. Before we begin that, can I can I just give a quick thank you here on the podcast to a new welcome. patron? Oh. <laughs> Thanks someone else. All right, I'm going to mispronounce this maybe. I mispronounce everybody's name, but because I have this ridiculous accent, it's it's kind of charming. It's delightful. Yeah. Jason DeBroyer? DeBrewer? DeBruyer? Cap- Cap- no. DeBruyer? It could be. Capital D-E, capital B-R-U-E-R. How would you pronounce that? I think DeBrewer. But I like DeBruyer. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Why would why would DeBrewer be cheering for the Reds? Very good point. Yeah. He's a mole. Oh, could it be? Oh the mole. God. Jason, are this you... This week on ABC. <laughs> are you spying on us, Jason? So what position does Jason play on our beer league softball team? Well, see, now you've you've switched this because we used to have a hardball team and I could put people at pitcher. Oh, yeah. But if beer league softball, you know, that's a different, whole different deal. Okay. Well, look, I'm playing beer league He's softball. Gonna play short fi- He's going to play short field. <laughs> I'm playing beer league softball, but all the other uh, patrons at Red Leg Nation Fair. Radio, patreon.com slash Red Leg Radio, are playing hardball. Where do we put Jason DeBrewer? Um, I think Jason is a relief pitcher who runs from the bullpen to the mound really fast. Oh, my gosh. Are you suggesting he's Todd Coffee-esque? I just, he, he has that in common with Todd Coffee. yes. Jason, uh, Jason, Jared DeHughes, did he do that? I think he did, didn't he? Yeah. He didn't look quite as, uh, well, ridiculous as yeah. Todd Coffey did. Well, Todd Coffey was not what you would call svelte. <laughs> well, he had things, a lot of things kind of kind of m- moving around when he runs fast. <laughs> Yeesh. 
bouncing and well, anyway, J- jiggling, J- a lot of jiggling, lots of jiggling. Jason, though, I see him though. He's like uh, he's a Lorenzen type though. I mean, he's athletic. Oh, it's yoked, huh? Yeah, so he's sprinting in. I mean, he's like world class sprinter, sprinting in. But the- you know, I like it. Speaking of Lorenzen and how fit he is, I was at um, at my gym the other day, and they have a yeah TV in there, and it was set. Nobody else is in the place, but it was set to like some sort of cable news thing, which I'm not going to watch. So I flipped it over to YouTube and went to the MLB channel, and one of the suggested programs was like Michael Lorenzen workout. And so I was like, oh, I'll put this on. And then I, I didn't, I just put it on there and didn't watch it. And I did my rest of my workout. I went over there like 50 minutes later and they were still showing Michael Lorenzen workout videos. Like, I don't know how many things he did for the MLB YouTube channel, but there's at least an hour's worth of Michael Lorenzen content out there. If you're interested, I need more Michael Lorenzen content. I mean, I'll, I'll say that, but yeah, no, thanks. That's uh, that's pretty good. You went to a gym, huh? Went to a gym, gymnasium. Good work. Good work. Um, Jason, thank you for joining us. You're a stud relief pitcher, and uh, you may be a mole, but we still love you. Welcome to the family <laughs> at patreon.com slash redlegradio. All right, let's answer some viewer mail questions. These questions do come from our friends at patreon.com slash redlegradio, where you too can support the podcast and maybe get your question answered on this fabulous, dangerous podcast. First question comes from Joe Farsing, as usual. Howdy, Joe. Howdy, Joe. Are you? His question is, are you more confident in the Reds pitching than you are concerned about the hitting in a short series format? So asked to be, I'm asked to weigh a positive against a negative. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. Are you more confident? No, double negative. Because I'm not that concerned about the Reds hitting. But yeah, I'm me- very confident in their pitching. So by the transverse property, Sinzel over Akayama divided by Sonny Gray's back strain. Right, mid-back strain. The answer is four. <laughs> exactly. The answer to Joe's question is four. I'm like you. I'm confident in the pitching, and I'm not really that concerned about the hitting. I mean, the hitting is not as bad as we've seen all year. It's just not. Unlucky. Because they get to bat off the Pirates in the playoffs, right? Exactly. <laughs> Well, everybody gets in, so surely. I, hopefully, Hold we'll on. get the Pirates in round one. Hold on. <laughs> you looking it up? I, I'm, I'm holding on to my ear my my earpiece right now. I'm getting a <laughs> getting word from the booth. <laughs> We're just getting word. They will not be facing the Pirates in the playoffs. <laughs> this just in. Mike Mannix. Listen, I don't know what position we gave Mike Mannix. But if that guy's not a 1970s action series star. Oh, man. What a great name, Mike Mannix. Oh, that is a great, great. I mean, we got some good names here. But that's a great one, Mike. Love you, buddy. What level of success is required for this year's team to earn a spot in the Big 50, Volume 2? Ooh. Well, that means that we, we have to find 49 other chapters <laughs> for Volume 2. They ain't 40. Mm. We, had a, we had some that we... You know, there's probably we could pursue. easily do ten. I think, yeah, right, like tonight if we had to. Yeah, we could have done the big sixty. We could have done yeah. the big hundred. No, um, I mean truthfully, if we were going to come out with another volume of the book, it's going to. Well, here's a little secret about the book business. <laughs> People like to read about things that happened in the in the last hundred years. Yes. So 
if the Reds made the playoffs this year, probably, um, other than like completely backing their way in and then getting swept, it would have ma- it will make it into the book. Yes, this is what I call the Homer Bailey corollary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Homer Bailey uh, is more is is a better fit for a modern day book than Dolph Luke. <laughs> it's it's true. That's that's how he made it in. The fact of the matter is, Mike, just kind of related to your question. I've been kind of happy that the Reds have been such garbage since the book came out because, you know, it's still relevant. It's just as relevant today as it was the day it was published. That's right. There's not a thing we would change about it. Folks, the Big 50 is available at Amazon.com and all the finer bookstores for only $12.99. Order it today. Only two left in stock at Amazon. Order it today. The Big 50. Chad Dotson and Chris Garber. (laughs) Yes, please. Andrew Scott Wills asks, I'm not sure how I can top that. That was a pretty good infomercial voice you just used there. Andrew asks, this is, this question is probably better directed to you, Chris. All right. Cause you're a huge American football fan. After sweeping the buckos, he means the, the pirates who has okay. a better chance of making the playoffs, the reds or the Bengals. Hmm. Now, let me ask you this before is Kenny Anderson still the quarterback? Uh, he is not usually. Okay. They got the new guy that, uh, smokes cigars and drinks bourbon. Yes. Joe Barlow. Joe Barlow. What do you think? Who's a better chance of making the playoffs? Uh, the Reds. That's pretty easy, right? Yes. Are the Bengals going to be garbage again? Uh, garbage, but probably not hot garbage on fire. Okay. What do you think about Burrow or Barlow? I'm a fan of him. He's a, a native of uh, Athens, Ohio, and uh, seems like a seems like a, a righteous dude. You ever been to Athens, Ohio? I have. I've been there. <laughs> Spent a lot of time there. I think you have. Next question comes from Jason DeBrue. Yes, DeBrewer. Let's says, see what he's got really let's... now. You know what I mean? This is like, yeah, he's been introduced, he's been welcomed, but now it's really kind of time to to put up. Yeah, yeah. You know he's. He's finally made his debut here. Let's see if he's justifying his spot in the lineup. We, we hold everyone to a high standard here. We do. We I'm clearly do. Uh, have you noticed we've been answering Joe Farsing's questions? He's the leadoff hitter. He is the leadoff hitter every week. He's the Shogo Akiyama of our little team. Jason asks, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but what is your realistic outlook for the starting five next year? Disco, Bauer, yes or no? That's, a, that's parenthetical information there, Chris. Oh, gotcha. Also, do you see any changes to the starting lineup? Should we be more optimistic for a full 162-game season in 2021? Yes. Yeah, I mean, well... well hold on. How many, how many... There's like four questions there. There are four questions. He's taking advantage of his rookie status. Uh, All right. Uh, I am optimistic for 162 games. Next. Well, let me, let me say about that. This year, 162 games... I don't think either of us would have gotten in the funk we kind of got in over this team, right? If there was another 120 games to go, we would have have thought the Reds would eventually pull out of it and challenge. Maybe. All right, so the next question is, do you see any changes to the starting lineup? Actually, I I don't know. that Galvis won't be around, probably. True. You think Iglesias is the the full-time shortstop? Hopefully Garcia slots in. You think um, you think Jose Garcia is the at twenty age twenty three is the full time shortstop for the Reds? Well, I don't I don't know if he's not. I don't know who it would be. 
I mean, they have to go get somebody. Yeah, I don't know that they're going to go get. I mean, if they're going to oh. get somebody, might have just get keep Freddie Galvis. That's true. Truth, truth is, let's hand it to him. The the other change that I could see in the starting lineup, I don't know how it's going to manifest itself, but Tyler Stevenson's here. Oh man, I, that that's one that. Yeah, he's. That's a David Bell special. It is, and I guess I understand you don't want to hand over your pitching staff and and your. You know, and bench your one of your team leaders for a rookie who's played six games or something. But I get it too. But that goes back to urgency. If you're urgent, well, maybe maybe you do, maybe not. Maybe you know, maybe those guys handle the pitching staff really well, and that's a thing. I mean, Casali and uh, and Castillo sure seem to be working well. So what happens next year if if Stevenson is here? Who goes? Oh, Casali goes. He has to, right? Thank you for your service. And, you know, I I like Kirk Casale. He's actually been hitting well lately, and i got no issues with him. I, I'm a fan. I am, and I hope he's uh, gainfully employed somewhere next year. But Stevenson's got to start, start 55 to 60% of the games next year. IMO. That's what the kids do on the, on the, on the interwebs. IMO. Mm-hmm. That's a, a Snapchat term. Yeah, I think so. And we're really clued into the the culture these days, Chris. I'm very proud. I'm of lit. I'm lit. <laughs> you are. I've always said. Matter of fact, I think I put that in the acknowledgments of our book. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Chris is lit. His other question is, what's your realistic outlook for the starting five next year? Uh, the rotation. And and he asks about. And we're spending a lot of time on your question, Jason, because it's your first time out. But let's short and pithy next time. Short and pithy. Um. So Disco and Bauer. I don't think I don't, there's any chance Bauer's here. I don't think. What, Seems very unlikely, doesn't it? I, mean, I just think somebody's going to throw a lot of money at him. I know that teams say that they're poor now because of uh, uh, the COVID, but he's great. I mean, this year he's been great. Somebody is going to be willing to step up and meet his demands, and I just don't see him in the Reds. Reds will make I mean, that qualifying I, offer, uh, and then... You never know. I don't know. I mean, maybe the Kyle Bodie thing... Um, Maybe that relationship is a way they can uh, talk him into it. Yeah, Kyle yeah. Bodie slash uh, pitching coach Derek Johnson. I think it's a pretty good combo. Yeah. Maybe. So we got that going for us, which is nice. Would you sign uh, Anthony DiScalfani? Uh, no. I think I would. I mean, if I could get him for two or three years. I, uh, you know, we've talked about this before on the the. The, uh, the the video game the out of the park baseball thing mm-hmm. and in the in in my simulation once the Reds uh, lost the World Series in 2020 uh, Bauer left and uh, and I kept DiScalfani and and ugh, didn't didn't really step it up in my sim I'm only in uh, mid July of 2020 and um, I'm trying to decide what to do with with Disco because he's garbage he's been awful he raise it you know, 5.9 or something. I kept having Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo going, getting hurt for the season. So I had to keep him, but well, I traded, I traded Trevor Bauer. So I'm kind of, did you? I did. I traded, I traded Jesse Winker for Victor Caratini. Victor Caratini. Interesting. I, I tra- also went and got Didi Gregorius. Uh, I, I thought about that. Wasn't willing to give up uh, what it was going to cost me. I traded 
I can't, are we really talking about this? We are. This is horrible. <laughs> I traded Trevor Bauer for Zach Wheeler just because he had like a five-year yeah, that's good. contract. So. Uh, so anyway, I think Lucas Sims makes the rotation next year. That's what I think. Gosh. He may have to. I've been loving what he's been giving us in the in the bullpen. Maybe that's an uh, don't fall into that trap. That's I know. A, that's I was going to say shaped hole right there. <laughs> we've we've done that before. Yeah, I mean Lucas Sims. He's a different guy. Did you see the quote he had about someone asking? I don't know what it was. Something about maybe some Braves fan on Twitter or something said something to him. Oh, I didn't do that with Atlanta. And he was like, "Well, I'm with an organization that understands what spin rate is." And something <laughs> something really. Do you see that? No, he just just burned that dude, huh? He he burned him. Love it. All right, Charlie Zollers. Uh, Charles is a, a big. Uh, well, you'll find here. I'm going to let you answer this question, okay? Because I know you're going to have a good answer. Charles's question is, with the Reds playing well, the Bengals having a bright future. First of all, do the Bengals have a bright future, Chris? They have a bright quarterback. <laughs> okay. With the Reds playing well and the Bengals having a bright future and Tottenham signing Gareth Bell and a new left back, I have to ask, is this real life? Chris, is this real life? Is that the dude who is um, the the Dwight Schrute character on the original office? <laughs> no. Maybe, actually. Isn't it Gareth? He might have been. Gareth Bell is the best. This is We're talking about European football. He's the best f- player I've ever seen for Tottenham Hotspur. He left and went to Real Madrid, and now he's coming back to Tottenham, and it's exciting. Joe Farsing. I'm skipping you, Joe. Sorry, we already gave you one. Uh, if we have time, we'll come back to your question about anthrop- anthropomorphic baseballs. What? <laughs> so Mr. Red, is this a Mr. Red Legs question? I'm not, I'm not even reading the rest of it. Chuck um, Nichols asks, how much would it be to re-sign Trevor Bauer? How about Shogo? Starting to come on strong. My prediction is 300 next year. And finally, Joey Votto is quietly on pace to hit 32 home runs. If this was a 162-game season, how exciting is that? So we're going to say his first question is, how exciting is that? Very. Very? I, I, have, I can answer these in order. Okay. All right. How exciting is that? You said very. How about well, Shogo? Kind of, I'm going to order them in straight order. Oh, okay. Uh, it will take four years, $132 million to sign Trevor Bauer. Okay. Uh, despite his vow never to sign a multi-year contract. Number two, indeed, how about Shogo? And number three, very exciting. <laughs> very exciting. Exactly. Good one. Joey Gaditza. I may have mispronounced that again. I need to go back and look at what he told me how to pronounce it. Hey guys, if the extended playoffs stick around after this season, and if expansion is on the horizon, how would you feel about the return of the Expos? A return of the Expos. They were much more appealing than the Jays ever will be. Joey is a is a Canadian. As all Joey's Joey are. Oh. <laughs> no, our Joey. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Right. All Joey's are Canadian. Yes. All all Joey's. Joey Bats. Uh, Joey Batista. The Jose Joey. Batista. Th- the Joey from uh, TV's Blossom. The Joey from TV's Joey. Oh, there you go. Who was the Joey from TV's Blossom? Joey uh, Lawrence. Uh, oh, yeah, Joey Lawrence. Yeah, that guy. I only mention that because I saw him on Broadway in Chicago. <laughs> he was awful. So I always wondered about that. Uh, if you go to see a, a big Broadway show and it's got, like, clear stunt casting in one of the main <laughs> roles, you know, just like some third-rate TV has been or something. Does that ruin it? Or are you like, yeah, Chicago's a pretty cool show and and Joey Lawrence is surprisingly good? Like, what's the... 
he was mediocre in it, but Chicago's a good show. And so he didn't ruin it. It was just like, oh, yes, the guy from Blossom that said, whoa. It's not like, you know, like the time you saw A Man for All Seasons with Bob Denver. <laughs> it's, it's not like that at all. I did see a, sh- uh, a show called Lucky Guy. I think it's a uh, Nora Ephron wrote it on Broadway. And uh, and Tom Hanks starred in it. And that was that was pretty fun. Well, that's pretty great. That's like a bonus. Yeah, he kept like, looking at my wife. In the, we were in the second row. He kept like, looking at her. Leering? He, I don't think he was leering. Tom Hanks doesn't leer. But he kept looking at her. She thought it was cool. Anyway, there's a rumor about extended playoffs maybe sticking around, I, including yeah, I gotta, expansion. I, is that Are those two things together? I didn't understand why expanded playoffs has anything to do with adding a team in Montreal. I think I think the, the, the rumor was that they're going to keep it expanded, but then ex, expand each league to oh, 16 league teams. Expand to make to make the playoffs look smaller. <laughs> so, yeah. So, half only <laughs> half the teams make it <laughs> going forward. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like you know. Can I give an old, another old Simpsons reference? Please, you're you're the best. It's when I, season one through four, I'm rock solid. It's when Bart wanted to uh, play uh, Fallout Boy, and he was he was an inch too short. Oh, unfortunately. And he went out and got you know tried to hang on the pull up bars and that didn't do it. So he went out and got like a pinstripe suit, platform shoes, and a really small dog. <laughs> Whatever it takes to get the rest of the playoffs. What, that's what that's uh, what Manfred's gonna do. He's gonna. Keep expanding the playoffs, but make the rest of the league bigger. <laughs> anyway, I'm pro Montreal. I am too. Pro Expos. My senior year of high school, which was you know before the turn of the century, as my kids like to remind me. Uh, almost every day, I wore a Montreal Expos cap. Beautiful, like the the red, white, and blue clown one. Uh, no, no, it was it was all blue. Yeah. Even the, the front panel was blue as well, but it had the Montreal logo. I had one of each of those, so oh, I alternated. Gorgeous. We uh, at some point we went to uh, some amusement park. You know these uh, these theme parks they have. Sure, sure. And, and somewhere there's a photograph of me. It's like one of these caricatures that you get drawn, wearing an Expos cap. <laughs> I like it. I thought you were going to say there's a there's a photo of you like at one of those uh, old timey photo booths where they <laughs> put put like a. A pair of six shooters and like the the front of a cowboy outfit on you. There is a picture like that from uh, Dollywood or Silver Dollar <laughs> City. All right, look, there is one of those, and it came, did come from Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Uh, so did mine. <laughs> I, I went there. I was probably five or six, and uh, I, I don't remember anything about it other than crying my head off when they locked me in the jail. <laughs> I was 29 years old. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and I'm going to do a new Patreon level. If you like, you know, sign up at a hundred dollars a month, <laughs> you get that picture. I throw mine in too. Okay, I'll, I'll talk to my mom, have her, have her scan it or something. Be great. Of course, mine's in a, mine's in a, uh, a frame made of driftwood and leather. <laughs> That's the only way to make a frame. Oh, I love it. Okay, now uh, we gotta hurry here. We're we're running way uh, long on time. This is free content, folks. It's like extra innings. <laughs> it's like we're gonna put Chad on second base and answer the next question. <laughs> Risto Neely asked. Now let me tell you, Risto, I love the, I love this guy uh, at our Slack channel for for Ligner Nation Radio. He's he's active and he's it's a fun guy. He's got a little different perspective on some things. But Risto, my man, I love you to death. But you gotta cut down the size of these questions for me, okay? Let's keep them a little bit shorter so we can answer. 
He's smaller font, Risto. It's just like in school. Exactly. You yes. Get that page limit. <laughs> Widen your margins. Yeah. Well, you know, one or two, one or two sentences is plenty. But I'm going to do this one quick as quickly as I can. Is there like a preamble? <laughs> we, the people of Red Leg Nation Radio's Patreon, uh, today's Constitution Day. Chris I saw that. Yeah, I had to do I a speech. It's being celebrated. Yeah, you I gave had, a speech. I did. I commemorated Constitution Day by giving a speech to my the uh, faculty and student body of the school that I am employed by. So they all sat there and and uh, filed in and they did. Well, no, most of them did. Most of them were on Zoom. Zoomed. They were all Zoomed. They Zoomed in. All right, so Risto asks, As the king of popular culture and having Chris as a backup, by the way, you're you're number two there. Hold on. Hold on. Queen of popular culture. This one will surely be easily decided. Who from the following list is or was the most cool dude ever to walk the earth? James Garner. Let me see if he's on the list because we've got a long list. That's a good answer, by the way, but he does not have... How do you not have James Garner? TV's Maverick. All right. So, anyway, what's cool to do? I'm going to give you the list, and you got to pick one. All right. Johnny Carson. I mean, Johnny Carson was funny, but cool. Johnny Carson was cool, man. Was he cool? Yeah, I'm I'm into Johnny Carson. I love Johnny Carson. Oh, my gosh. If you have the the Peacock Network, which I don't know why anybody would have that streaming service. (laughs) I, I don't know if I have it or not. I get an email from them every morning telling me what's on it. <laughs> well, I have every it. Every morning. I have it because that's the only place I could watch Tottenham Hotspur on their opening game last weekend. Do you and pay for this? I, I, I did I did pay for it. Did did NBC own Hulu? Yeah, I think at one point they were one of the owners maybe or something. But now they've just moved on to have another one. I think so. But Johnny Carson, some of his uh, old uh, Tonight Show episodes are on on Peacock Network. We, we, we have... Uh, you know, some of those cable channels that are like the the B channel for the local TV. Mm-hmm. And they, they one of those channels shows uh, Tonight Show pretty regularly. No, listen, Carson, and you have to be our age, I guess, or older, obviously. Uh, shout out to Risto um, to appreciate it. But, yeah, Carson was legit. I don't know if I would use cool. No, we're, that's only one so far. I mean, he is cool. So Risto's list is solid so far. <laughs> so far. All right. Jason Statham. General George S. Patton. Not George C. Scott as George, George Patton. George Patton was not cool. George he C. Scott awesome. as George Patton was cooler, right? Neither one of the. They, I mean, those guys were what they were, but they, like, cool to me, cool is kind of like chill a little bit. They got yeah. they got to be like not screaming. Yeah, George C. Scott's from uh, my hometown. I've heard that before. Yeah, um, and he was an alcoholic, I think. So, uh, but Oops. not not that cool. I didn't mean to say that. Great actor, incredible. So George Patton, Steve McQueen. Cool. He's up there. Yeah. Joe Namath. Broadway Joe. Julius Caesar. That's kind of... We're going back now. John Lennon. Do you imagine that he's cool? I don't, actually. I don't either. I don't think he's cool at all. He's, he may be the... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. He's the least cool member of the Beatles. Yeah. You can't be like... I mean... He's less cool earnest, than George Harrison. First off. I, you can't be that earnest and be cool. Yeah. But he's also kind of... A, Dork sometimes too. Yeah, POTUS Bill Clinton. I mean, he was cool when he played the saxophone. I guess. I mean, as far as POTUSes go, yeah, maybe. <laughs> that's not really a high bar to cross. Yeah, that's like being the coolest person in the room I'm in right now. Was he cooler than Taft? I mean, really, was he? John Wayne. 
I love John Wayne. I'm not sure cool. Uh, George Foreman? Uh, not cool. Mm. No, come on. You can't be cool wearing an apron and shilling uh, <laughs> grills. Yeah, really. Grills. George Papard? Right. He was cool. He was kind of cool, I guess. He loved it when a plan came together. Uh, Hank Williams Jr.? Is Hank Williams Jr. cool? You have to tell me on that. No. I think Hank Williams Sr. was cool. Uh, oh, there you go. And Sean Connery. The rules are no additions to the list. You must select your cool dude from the list. The truth is, out of that list, Carson, I think, is number three or four for me. I mean, McQueen's, literally, the, the documentary about him and the biography is called The King of Cool. I think so we go McQueen's with, like your number one seed there, I think. I agree. I think we go with Steve McQueen, number one. Connery's up there. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, uh, Papard, you know, is cool. He's sneaky. There was the, and uh, in, in the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I, I love and I, I think you liked. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, there's a reference in there when uh, uh, when they're talking about uh, not getting the role in the in the Great Escape or McQueen getting the role in the Great Escape that, that the, the three Georges were up for it. Oh, that's right. I was trying to, I didn't remember that. Yeah. George Papard, yeah. George. Uh, George, was it George Raft? I don't remember. No, George, uh, oh, the one I can't think. Oh, what's his name? Not Hamilton. It's, uh, anyway, you're right. I think Steve McQueen's the answer there. I think we agree on that. George Papard, George Maharis, and, uh, <laughs> George Maharis. If you George know. Chakras, whoever that is. I don't know who that is. <laughs> there you go. Sorry, Risto. Second question. You took too long on the first. Love you, buddy. Rich Thompson asks, with the Reds now having a fighting chance to make the playoffs, and if you were sitting in the GM chair, would you push your chips into the center of the table? Well, yeah, I would. Because I'd be playing poker if I was the GM. Making all kinds of bank. Oh, wait a minute. This question continues. Would you push your chip in, chips into the center by promoting any one of the following prospects for that coveted playoff run? Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, Jonathan India, or Austin Hendrick. Is Austin Hendrick the guy they just drafted? Yeah, first they just brought him to the, they the just ketchup brought him factory. To yeah. Just getting introduced to the ketchup. Yeah. He likes ketchup, I'm told though. That's why they drafted him. Well, who wouldn't? Uh there's only one answer go ahead. there. You can... No, I was just gonna say, maybe I mean they've been watching Hunter Green. Security's tight at the ketchup factory. If He's Hunter Green could help there. the bullpen, I, I would consider him. But you know, I like Lodolo. I like I don't really like Jonathan that much. He's okay. Hendrick, I don't know. Lodolo. 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 Uh, I mean, if they're going it, to... It's it's interesting and telling that they're giving innings to Jose De Leon and Sal Romano and Robert Stevenson. Um, and not Hunter, Hunter Green. Green. And not Hunter Green. I don't know what it is, what it means, you know, what it is, what it shall be. But uh, Green's the only guy I, I would consider. That's a, that's a good point that maybe we'll analyze in the offseason. But they they brought up Jose Garcia and Tyler Stevenson. Now, they've not played Stevenson as much as we would like, but they've kind of brought some of these guys up because they thought they might be able to help the team. But they they brought up Sal Romano instead of Hunter Green. Now, Sal Romano was not on the 40-man roster, just like Hunter Green wasn't. And maybe you don't want to bring Hunter Green up and start that clock, you know, get him on the 40-man roster. If if you have to worry about Sal, about Hunter Green running out of options, <laughs> something's going to work. You've already you've already lost, right? I mean, if Hunter Green is not ready for the major leagues in what three years from now? Yeah, that's a great point. Then they failed already. Like 
So don't worry about that. Yeah. What about Tony Santillan? Is that how you say his name? I think so. He's he is on the forty man roster. I pr- pronounce the name actually. I don't think you pronounce. I pronounce it De Brewer. I don't know. Sorry. He, he is uh, competing for the Reds alternate training sites. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just, con- you know, if they wanted a big dude, they could have brought him up instead of Sal. Yeah, it's really interesting they brought up Sal. But then again, I'm not opposed Who knows? to Sal. I'm Roman. not press going. That's right. Again, security is very tight. One last question, and it comes from our friend in Columbus. He's a top man. Hooper? Hooper Powell. And this is a classic Hooper question. And I don't have any idea how to answer it. Would you rather have to volunteer at a kissing booth in West Virginia or have to wear a pirate's jersey and throw eggs at Amir Garrett's house? Well, I'm not going to sit here and listen to him badmouth the state of West Virginia. Best Virginia, I'm told. They say it. They say it. They do say that. Loyalty. Yeah. I mean, I like the regular Virginia. Maybe not so much the recently, but... Historically, like, see, uh, historically is where my problem is, lies. Uh, Mother of presidents. Yeah, it's we're going to fight over uh, what is it? Benjamin Harrison? Is that the one we fight about? <laughs> Who do is we fight? The one that overlaps between Ohio and Virginia? <laughs> oh, there is. Who is? Is it? I think he was born in Virginia, but like elected from Ohio or something, and both oh, states yeah, count him. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to throw our eggs at Mayor Garrett's house? I mean, if if. That's all the choices I've got. Well, here's what I'm going to say. Kissing Booth in West Virginia. Um, I mean, you got to wear a mask. Oh, good point. Good point. I'm going to, I'm sorry, Hooper. I'm going to take neither of those. Instead, I'm going to kick you out of patreon.com slash Red Radio. <laughs> I'm sorry. All uh, right. William Henry Harrison, by the way. What's that? William Henry Harrison, I believe. William Henry Harrison died in 30 days. Yeah, he was born in Charles City County, uh, which is just a beautiful thing we can talk about when we do um, Strange Virginia Governmental Facts episode. Didn't he die in 30 days, though? I think that's right, yeah. He was uh, typhoid pneumonia or paratyphoid fever Mm -hmm. 31 days in. So really, we're not fighting about a whole lot. But he was was elected to the presidency from the great state of Ohio. Not the great Commonwealth of Virginia? Mm Mm-mm. Why do I know that he died in 30 days? You know the answer to that. Uh, I don't know. You don't remember that Simpsons president song? Oh, yeah. (laughs) William Henry Harrison died in 30 days. So, you know, he was succeeded by another Virginian, of course, uh, John Tyler. John Tyler, yes. Did did I ever tell you that I went to law school with one of John Tyler's grandsons? You did, as a matter of fact, tell me that. That's a just incredible story. If you guys ever want to Google, maybe it was his great-grandson, but... uh, through some some late in life uh, marriages, the yeah. Tyler family has spanned two hundred years almost with like three generations. Yeah, yeah, lots of seven year old dads. I don't want to be a seven year old dad. Well, I mean, I do want to be a seven year old dad, but not to a new. <laughs> yeah, right, right, not <laughs> right. to a newborn. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. All right, Chris. Any final thoughts about the Reds? We've gone far longer than they I need intended. to go. They need to continue to go. Continue nice. going. I support them to continue to go. I do as well. Chris, I'm sorry to keep you from the bingo so long. Uh, I'm not going to go through all the other stuff. This is Red Leg Nation Radio, episode number 342. For Chris Garber and, let's say, Eric Davis, this is Chad Dotson saying, so long, everyone. 
Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.